Don't you turn against me. I felt a great disturbance in the force, as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. You thunder against me! You have done that yourself! Release your anger. Only your hatred can destroy me. Welcome to Who Shot First, a Star Wars Controversy podcast. This is Alex. I'm Sarah. And I'm your other host, Ethan. And we're going to talk about that interesting Mandalorian finale. That, that crazy finale. Wild. Insane. Yeah. So spoilers yeah. ahead. Major spoilers ahead. Yes. Spoilers ahead. So what did you think, Ethan? Okay, so, you know... It was so, <laughs> I'm stumbling with words because there's just, some of it was so amazing and some of it was just like, yeah, anyway. Let's I start thought, off with Luke Skywalker's face. There we go. <laughs> I hated um, it. You hated it? I okay. hated his face. You wow, could okay. absolutely tell it was fake. Yes. So I, I could tell it was fake, certainly. And I'm curious to know if they used that same sort of de-aging technology. Oh, that's absolutely, yes. Yep. Yep. With the, with the Irishman stuff. Yeah. Okay. So yes, I could tell it was fake. I thought, however, it wasn't as awful as you're describing. Um, I think they need to figure out how to like, with the mouth and everything, it just looked too, uh, Stone. Anytime he moved, he looked fake. Yes. Um, yes. I don't think it is ba- it's as bad as, your, as, as, as you do. I thought it was more well done than what they tried to do with Leia and Tarkin in Rogue One. Really? Yeah, I thought I liked it. I, well, maybe not Tarkin, but definitely Leia. There, okay, Leia, um, yes. I, I don't know. I still, I think, personally, I think it wasn't as good as those other shows or like because those were movies to me. Like, I think those were movies and they, like, yes, Leia looked plastic, but I felt like she actually kind of looked like a person versus this Luke kind of looked very much like a CGI face on some other body. And that that's where I feel. And so, like, I think that they didn't, maybe didn't have as much production on, like, trying to focus that face, but. Right, so they they credit Mark Hamill in the credits. So did he just did they just scan his face and de-age it, or did he? Because he obviously wasn't the one fighting the dark troopers. No, they so. used his voice and they used his face. Yeah, okay. of like his right. de- they CGI'd his his young his face to be young. Right. Okay. I thought so. I thought everything up to you know his reveal as, as when he takes off his hood was was amazing. That's that's the Luke Skywalker I've been waiting to see. You know since Return of the Jedi, I, 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 that's what I wanted in throughout the, the sequel trilogy. I wanted some kind of scene where Luke comes out and he's got his green lightsaber again. And, you know, I just, I wanted that. I wanted to see it. And, you know, I, maybe I'm in the minority with you guys on that, but that I, I was having a blast watching him tear through those dark troopers. And, you know, with that, uh, he got his own, they gave him his own hallway scene, you know? I didn't yeah. say I hated Luke. I said I hated his face. All right. I no, you are, you are, we are, I, I will say I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I, I fully acknowledge that I'm in the minority, apparently, in the world. 
Everybody loved mm. it. Yeah, everything yeah. I've seen on the internet has blown up and saying Luke Skywalker is amazing. And I will say, like, <laughs> I think I'm somewhere in between Ethan and Alex on this. Like, there's parts of it I liked, but there's parts of it I didn't like. And when I say I didn't like it, it's more of like I thought it was really cool that Luke Skywalker and was doing all this awesomeness. But then I I also go like, this is going to divide the fandom because now everybody's going to be like, this is the Skywalker we wanted. And now, now Last Jedi means nothing because that's not the Luke Skywalker we know. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I'll say it for all those fans out there that like, to me, both Luke's, it's not inconsistent. So I think this Luke is still consistent with both what we've seen in Return of the Jedi and The Last Jedi because, you know, after the events, so what, Mandalorian takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. So I think they did a good job of uh, capturing. Oh, sorry, I think it's technically six, but maybe is it five? Sorry, maybe I have that wrong. Is I think it it's six. I, I probably rounded. So let's let's say six. Yeah. But again, so, so in, in our timeline of between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, we're closer to Return of the Jedi. Yes. And so I think they did a pretty good job of capturing Luke's mindset and personality of who he was around the time of Return of the Jedi. But that still leaves 20, 30 years of growing to do between the events of The Mandalorian and The Last Jedi. And I think it's compatible because we grow and change. And I think Luke in Mandalorian is still of the mindset, like he's, he's still that starry-eyed dreaming moisture farmer. And, you know, when we see him in Last Jedi, like he's had some really hard knocks and he's learned that it's not just as easy as waving his laser sword. I agree with that completely. You know, he nothing, nothing terrible has happened to him yet that would make him change his philosophy. <laughs> I agree. I, I'm into, very much yeah. on that on that board. But I, so I say I'm on that board and I, I agree that they are compatible but that's where i'm i was not i don't know what i would say frustrated but i'm like i i see wherever the 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 toxicity of star wars fandom's gonna go with it i was gonna not to interrupt you but i mean it's like we we were kind of scrolling through youtube this morning just kind of casually seeing what was out there and there was the one about like how like John Favreau and Dave Filoni are giving us what we wanted and Kathleen Kennedy's crap and all of that stuff. And I, I don't agree with any of that, but it's just, yeah, it further sows that those, those hateful thoughts that some fans carry. Correct. So yes. So when I say I don't like that he was there, it's more on like, I thought it was cool what he was doing and stuff like that. But I'm just like, this is now where we're going to have the toxic fandom go this is the jedi this is the star wars we wanted fire kathleen kennedy she's terrible and john favreau and dave filoni understand what it is to be a star wars fan and i'm like that's not no yep i agree with that you know i think i thought you know i uh, thinking about it more you know i suppose it could have been other people to show up to collect grogu besides luke you know I don't think it was right. I mean, people, as soon as, you know, people said, you know, you need to bring him to a Jedi, you know, everybody thought Luke and, but then I saw I, one people uh, thought maybe it would be like Cal Kestis from, from the video game. with uh, 
right tie-in from the video game. Some people, I remember you and I were kind of casually speculating it might be like Mace Windu or something like crazy like that. But yep. Um, and Sarah brought up that like yeah. they could have they could have even brought in Mara Jade. Yeah. Bring in somebody that, that really, we don't know about. I think that would have been a, a really dramatic decision and really yeah. like kind of yeah that would have been totally awesome and 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 out of nowhere and I think that would have also made lots of Star Wars fans go crazy. Yeah, that would. I mean, I think this season finale kind of broke the internet in a way. But I think if she were the Jedi to have come, it would have completely broken the internet. I don't remember At least for that we, demographic who who knows the legends. Yes, yeah, you're gonna have yeah. a whole bunch of people confused or just like, oh, this is a really cool Jedi coming in to save the day, and, pe- and then you have a whole bunch of people that are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe she's she's back and all of that. Yeah. I don't remember which podcast I was listening to, but there are other Mandalorian reactions, and you know. We've had several different people this season that we've seen in other places in Star Wars. Um, you know, Bo-Katan, Boba Fett, uh, Ahsoka Tano, and Fennec. Fennec, thank you. And there's some being concerned about like Mandalorian just kind of turning into the cameo of the week show. And they, you know, brought up the point of like, well, would you get the same story if you swapped out, say, Ahsoka Tano with any other Jedi? And so it's like kind of holding that litmus to things. And I think. It, I mean, to that point where Mara Jade could have come in or Mace Windu could have come in, like, I think things could have gone down the exact same way. It had been really cool just to be, like, in awe of this Jedi. And, I mean, even if it's someone completely new that we've never seen anywhere in canon before, you know, and they, that's something that Disney goes and back fills in later. Like, so let's say we get, I don't know, John Smith the Jedi, like, just pulling random name out here. John Smith the Jedi comes in and saves the day, and so then, like, everyone's wondering who that is. To me, that tees up a really great potential for him to come into other movies or TV shows or books or comics or what have you. Yep. No, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. But then also, I I got a little choked up, not going to lie, when, uh, when you know, he takes off his helmet and he reaches out, man. That's, uh, holy cow. <laughs> I, I never, I don't think I've gotten that emotional watching a star Wars film or TV show, uh, ever. Really? I don't think, I don't think, uh, Rogue One didn't get you. No, no. Don't, don't say that like that. It got me. No, sorry. I, no, sorry. I shouldn't just dismiss it like that. No, it was, to me, it was just like, you know, here's this, this guy's been saving him the whole time. And just that, and he see, it shows his face, a total, I feel like it was a total callback to, you know, look at me with my own eyes, you know, mm. like from, from, from uh, Return of the Jedi, callback to that. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was totally just, just choking up back. So sad. I can't even think about it too long, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I liked that. I liked that, you know, he, he, they, he said, you know, I'll see you again. I promise. So it's not like this will necessarily be the, the last we see of Grogu, but I am interested now what they do with season three. Because here we are, you know, Grogu's now gone, essentially. And we have this sort of power vacuum on Mandalore that Bo-Katan wants to fill, but can't because she would have to then defeat Din Djarin. And so I'll just kind of really be interested to see what they do with that. Yeah, like, so that we, we can now move on past Luke because, yeah, that's a lot of... There's just so much to dive into there. Uh, I will say that was a crazy 
end scene with the Book of Boba. I'm excited for that. So do you think that having the the Book of Boba or what I want to call Bob, do you think that (laughs) Bob is replacing the standalone film that we were promised once upon a time? Absolutely. We're not getting a standalone film. Oh, you, oh, like a standalone Boba Fett film? Yes. Yes, okay, then yes, definitely. I feel like there's no way we'd get both, both a show and a standalone movie. I mean, I guess it depends what they did, but in, in, a, in a way, I think you can do more with a TV show than you can with a movie. Certainly. So that that's also exciting, too, for um, all the big Boba fans out there. Yep. Yeah did not was, sorry was oh, was big fortuna on the sail barge do we never actually see him on the sail he's barge? never on the barge no okay all right because right. somebody was like he's on the barge no okay. no he's not and i love okay. that big fortuna just like tries to take over and okay yeah, that's another thing great. how did the hut clan allow that to go down did they just say all right i guess you can just be in charge because there's no way the the hutties the nalhutta clan whatever I feel like they wouldn't be cool with that. I don't know. As we've seen in previous Star or previous Star Wars stuff, like especially, I don't know if it was in Blood. Is it in Bloodline that that they talk about the huts, the huts layer, Leia? Yeah. 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 So, in in Claudia Gray's Bloodline book, we get the the thread that Leia is a hut slayer because there's video footage that survived the blowing up of the sail barge of her choking java okay because in that i believe and i people can correct me if i'm wrong i'm pretty sure in that they say that like the people that are giving her this leia this this video footage like they start taking over the huts and so like the huts have fallen mightily since java went down because java was like the big 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 guy the big kahuna and so (laughs) when he dies like the other huts are trying to like maintain their, the way I read it is they're trying to maintain their own power. And so they can't reach out and try to take over Tatooine or, and I also think like Tatooine was on an outlier of the, of the hut systems. Cause that was just Jabba's like, I like Tatooine. I like being there. That, that's what I understood. Yeah. It's nowhere near Nal Hutta. Right. And to me, it kind of lines up with some of the pieces that you see in the Clone Wars. Cause we actually see quite a few huts throughout the Clone Wars as various villains but you can tell that you know back you know decades before the sail barge explosion that there's family backstabbing and there's not peace with, within the huts so yeah to me it's totally realistic that once Java goes because he's the head like there's kind of chaos and you couple that with the empire falling yeah it's just complete chaos and whoever gets power gets power yeah how did you feel about Bo-Katan what as like overall in, the in show, this episode just, just nope just in this episode uh i mean she was fine do you mean like her choices or like choices personality whatever yeah whatever uh i mean it was okay i guess i was a little confused as to why she was so hostile to i mean it took me by surprise that she was so hostile to boba fett at first just, but I guess it makes sense just because she would, he's a clone and not necessarily, but then at the beginning, I don't know, because then you, at first she didn't make it seem like it was a big deal about Mandalorian armor being on non Mandalorian, or maybe I have that wrong. 
or no, no, you're no not. it was about the help. No, okay. And then I'm not sure why she wouldn't track down Gideon after reaching the bridge and realizing he's not there. Because she, she had no stayed. idea where he was. But he's on the bridge, or not? He's not on the bridge, but he must still be on the ship. Correct, but like you, she can't just go. There's four of them. They can't just go search the entire ship. Yeah, they had a plan to stick to with Din. Okay. Thoughts, Sarah, on Bo-Katan? I love Bo-Katan. I think she was really strong in this episode. And I think in this episode, we see that there's a lot of complexities to her character. And there's a lot more history that we don't know. Um, so, I mean, for fans who have just watched The Mandalorian, so for, for some context, we also get Bo-Katan in Clone Wars and Rebels. But even with what we know from her there, there you can tell that there's still some kind of history with her that we haven't learned yet. And I think it's it's fascinating, and I want to see her continue to be a BA. Yeah, can you... So, in, in Rebels, Sabine hands her the Darksaber, yep. and she takes it. Yep. So it was... So is that just like a, what, like, I guess I'm curious as to why that's okay and, and this is not. Or Basically, just- my, my theorizing, because and from what I understand, it's all my own theorizing, is that because Sabine gives it to her and she accepts it, Mandalore did not unite under the Darksaber. And that's why she lost it mm-hmm. somehow. We don't know how, but like because – when everybody's like, oh, when she tried to get the Darksaber, she's like, I have the Darksaber, unite under me. They're like, you didn't win it. You don't, it doesn't matter. Right. I was going to to explain. I don't know how much either of you two were into Harry Potter. Yep. I have a, yeah, I was into it. So credit to Sky Talkers podcast out there, but they compared the Darksaber to the Elder Wand. So in the Harry Potter lore, the Elder Wand is the wand to defeat all wands. And the only way that you get the wand to truly obey your commands, you know, so then in this parallel, the only way you get to truly rule Mandalore is if you, you know, disarm the witcher wizard who holds it. So there get, there gets to be a point in the Harry Potter series where like Lord Voldemort gets the wand, but it's technically not his or it doesn't obey his commands to its full ability. And he doesn't necessarily realize it because of who last disarmed the proper wizard to hold it and then that that chain of events so it's like you need to do the proper ceremonies and rites to be considered the official ruler and especially for someone like Bo who is so steeped and connected to Mandalore history like I don't think she necessarily knew that in the time of rebels but has clearly since learned it because now it's a big deal okay so is the last time when she has the dark saber is that the last time we see her in rebels I'm trying to remember yes Okay, so at some point from that point where she holds it up and then she she loses it at some point and Gideon gets it and that's just that we don't know how that happened. Correct. Okay. So to me then, technically Sabine should be the ruler of the Mandalore because she disarmed Visla way back to get the Darksaber, didn't she? Correct. Wasn't it Saxon? Or no? Yes. Well, Saxon. I get my... I get my Saxons and Vizlas. It's one of the two. But yeah, she disarms well, the person. They're both related, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. Whatever. Uh, yeah. They're brothers. All the people uh, that yeah. John Favreau voices are the same in my head. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, House Vizsla. House Vizsla is Clone Wars. The Saxon clan is rebels. Thank you. Um, so yeah. technically, she's the ruler. So 
then whoever disarms Sabine would be the next ruler of the Mandalore if we're going by that logic. So then that I have so many questions there. I don't think we're, I think that's going to, 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 I think you're relating it too much to Harry Potter there. I think it's more of nobody accepts that she got it, that like, because she was never, she didn't win it. And therefore I think like somebody comes in and disarms her, like beats her up and like basically probably like does a huge battle against her and takes it and is like i have now taken it from this poser Mm -hmm. and so then people and again he's not trying to unite mandalore so it doesn't really matter that much to him right and so then now she has to so she's like well this person took it so now i have to take it back it can't be i can't do it the other way because nobody believed me nobody worked with me Right. But again, I think it just also sets up the potential that we're going to get to be in at some point in all of this well, new she'll, stuff. She'll be in the Ahsoka show. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yay, Sabine. It'll be her and it'll be her and Ahsoka fighting Ezra slash battling Grand Admiral Thrawn. Thrawn, yep. I will say to kind of shift gears into our next point with the season two finale, that is one of the things I really liked about this episode is how the people the it was four women kind of storming this ship and creating the diversion and just throwing all the punches i loved that and i mean it being subtle and it's like these are all strong women who are capable of doing everything that they're doing it just it made me very happy and and i do recognize that cara dune is controversial and i do acknowledge that but from a straight female squad perspective, it was exciting to see. Yeah, I was going to bring that up of like, I like that it was four strong women, but I was, I'm sad of what has happened with the Cara Dune character to, to take me out of that piece. Of, and because it's not, not really the character itself, it's the person. And so you have to try to, in that scene, you have to do your best to disassociate the two. But yes, no, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. Yep, I agree. Absolutely. I liked the subtlety of it. I will say one of the things I didn't like about this episode is how everyone on the ship died. I'm like, this is a lot of death that's happening on this ship. And mm-hmm. they're kind of being terrorists right now to the comment at the beginning of the episode that it was, we had to kill Alderaan to stop the terrorists. Yep. Played up to yeah. that stereotype. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and right, they they made some comment about how this shuttle or this this light cruiser is supposed to have like way more people on it too, but for some reason it was like it's on a skeleton crew because they they're because the yeah. empire's dying, right? And that makes me think too, just on just like if that because that one light cruiser had a bunch of hangers and fighters, it just makes me think about the scale of giant star destroyers. Anyway, yes, mm-hmm. they were definitely uh, they killed everybody and i was thinking about that actually as as they were just going around just shooting everybody <laughs> it's uh it the, the the guy the the guy at the beginning wasn't necessarily wrong mm-hmm. <laughs> well they're not the alliance so they're not the alliance that they're not so, the Car- terrorists yeah they're Car- the- technically a marshal now though she's still asking for money though I think that's a nice long episode. Thanks our longest uh, reaction yet, which is oh, great yeah. because oh, yeah. it is our final yeah. reaction. 
right. for at least another year. So so I want to ask the question then before before we depart. Of the, the two seasons we have, which is your favorite season or your preference of the two, season one or season two? I think I, I had I had more fun watching season two, but you know I think I like I like watching the growth of the Mandalorian as a character more in season one. So I think there's I think there's certainly more there this this season had a lot more kind a lot more action and probably a bigger budget. Um but I would I would watch season two again before I watch season one. I would say I can't decide because uh, I know it's it is because I guess I'd probably say season two, but the the I would that's the tough thing because I would say like season one had a lot of problems I think, but it had some good pieces too that that were were good but like there was just a lot of filler episodes but like I like the overall overall plot I think of season one better, but it was just there was a ton of filler episodes in there that I didn't like, but like looking at season two I liked season two there were a lot of highs. But to me, there are a lot of the problems were bigger, if that makes any sense of like it was cooler. But then the problems that I had with it were bigger, if that makes any sense. So I, so I guess it's season one. But I, I don't know. How about you? I think I liked season two better. I know watching season one, you know, kind of at the end of the episodes, I'd say more often than not, I wasn't super excited to watch the, the next week. And I think with this season, I was much more excited to watch the next episode. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. I was definitely more. I was definitely more hyped for each week uh, this season than I was last mm-hmm. season. Yeah. So no, I I guess I would agree with that. So I'd probably. I guess you're right. It probably is season two because I I very much was like, yep, I'm not. I was excited for season one episodes, but there were yeah, the filler ones were just like, okay, this is a show. Oh, right. Now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Versus this season, I was like, yeah, I'm excited for almost everyone. There was one that I wasn't excited for, and it turned out better than I thought. So, <laughs> all right. Awesome. And you can listen to us on our regular podcast uh, every two weeks. We have on Tuesdays, and then we have a bunch of bonus episodes coming out, uh, coming out all the time. So, catch our most recent episode, which is the Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh, we yeah. talk about the controversies there. And if you want to find us, you can find us on Twitter at who shot one SW pod. And if you want to find, send us an email or anything, you can find us at who shot first SW pod at gmail.com. Leave us a review and anything and find us on anchor or Apple iTunes podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, all those wonderful platforms. We're all on there. And uh, let us know anywhere you listen to podcasts, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Perfect. Yep. So thank you very much. And we will see you next time. Next season. We'll see you next season for Mandalorian review. Yeah. See you next season. Uh, So until then, (laughs) never tell us the odds. Tell us the odds. Never tell us the odds. Never tell me the odds. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Oh, really? You're cold? Don't you turn against me. I felt a great disturbance in the force. 
as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. You're not with me, then you're my enemy. You thunder against me! You have done that yourself! Release your anger. Only your hatred can destroy me. Yes, thank you, Sherlock. My last name is Holmes, so thank you for the compliment. Yeah, yeah, yeah.